Yeah, 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 gang, 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 gang. Yeah, 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 it's lit. Pop off. It's litty, litty, litty. Um, I wish we had like flex, like sound horns. What's up, everybody? This is Racks and Stacks, the podcast, episode three. My name's Ethan Ling. I'm Jordan Roberts Ball. We got a pretty exciting show for you today and some pretty exciting announcements to make at the end of the show as well. So let's get right into it. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's the holidays, so I'm, I'm as good as I can be. It is. We're recording Christmas Eve of all days, but hey, consistency is we key. We work huh? hard. We work hard, man. <laughs> work hard, play hard. That's how it goes. So uh, today we figured we'd talk about, you know, we've, we've done a lot of collection related stuff and a lot of clothes related stuff and that's dope. But we thought today we'd talk a little more about clothes and music and how the two worlds kind of intertwine and how we bounce back and forth. And so obviously tour merch is like the big thing that comes from that collaboration between music and streetwear especially, but clothes in general. Jordan and I both got a kind of interesting background. We've talked about our music interests before. Jordan's definitely into more like hip hop and rap and all that. And I'm definitely more into like the punk bands and bands in general. So we have a pretty cool, uh, pretty diverse take on our tour merch and what we're into related to that. So I'm going to talk about a couple of drops. Jordan's going to talk about obviously some of the big name rappers that have merch coming out. You want to just jump right into it, man? Yeah, for sure. So I guess like preface or precede this, it's still going to be about the clothes, but we want to focus a little bit more on like culture too, right? So obviously tour merch and hip hop culture and punk culture influence a lot of like clothing styles and trends that we see. I, I just wanted to, I just wanted to kind of precede that with, we're still going to be talking about clothes. Yeah, just, for sure. It's definitely going to be like a, a little bit more based on how the music and the culture influence the clothes. Right. We'll jump right into it. Obviously, uh, yeah, as Ethan said, I'm a little bit bigger fan of rap and hip hop, and I don't listen to like pop shit, but I fuck with uh, my boy Justin Bieber, and so, <laughs> JB. and so, um, JB is the goat. Anyways, yeah, so I wanted to just talk about, I guess, like three mainstream merch options that have kind of come about, especially in 2016. I guess first would be Pablo and Kanye and all the Life of Pablo merch. The second will be like the Justin Bieber purpose tour merch and then probably just like touch on some smaller ones post malone travis scott and uh chance the rapper my boy i guess like just to start off i should say that like i don't own any tour merch even though i've had two or three of these guys come into indianapolis and i've obviously had the opportunity to like buy online i think tour merch is dope in the sense that like the designs are getting better it was a it was very lackluster like two three even like five years ago tour merch was definitely not what it is today i remember going to a handful of rap concerts like back in high school and the tour merch was real it was just lazy right it was just like screen printed words there was no like design there was no like aesthetic to it it was it was almost like a typeface on a shirt that said the artist and then the back was like the tour dates right it was just really basic and you ended up paying like 50 60 70 dollars for it that's super interesting because in my like little musical world, you trade t-shirts, you know, at punk show, you buy as many like t-shirts as you can and you trade them or you get the new patch. Band merch is huge <laughs> in the punk world. And so it's just like a such different world there. It is. But yeah, like because with rap merch, it was almost like there wasn't again, there wasn't really any like culture behind it. Right. So like with punk merch, you have like patches and and people like actually rep bands right and so with yeah. rap there was no like significance behind wearing like a t-shirt other than like yo i went to this concert right and i think another interesting thing to start that off was like when pablo merch came out and when like justin bieber merch came out and whatnot that was like the first time that merch wasn't exclusive to like being at the concert right so like two three four years ago you had to be at the concert to buy the merch that was like the only way you'd get it right and now it's interesting because you can buy the merch anywhere. And I guess we'll talk about that accessibility later on on this topic. But I guess I just want to say that I do think some of this merchandise that's coming out is cool. I think some of the designs are cool, but I think it's really overhyped. And I think it's it's kind of, a, I don't know, I wish if if the merch was coming out, it had some sort of relation to do with the musical 
projects like it took its aesthetic from it with the kanye merch i don't know i was never a big fan i know the uh, i feel like pablo and that whole typeface and design was huge in 2016 but something about it it just didn't flow with like what the album sounded like and again i say this a lot but i think a lot of things kanye's doing nowadays are cash grabs and i think those were cash grabs i think once people started to find out it was being printed on Gildan when he was having these exclusive pop-up shots and charging $350 for a screen printed denim jacket. I don't know. I don't want to walk around with something that just has like Pablo smashed on the back. Like I, that doesn't, that's not significant to me in any way. And also when he did the tour merch, I, I thought it was interesting that he picked selective cities too. For those that don't know, he would have like the basic prints on the back that had like lyrics from the album and like a kind of like a Roman-esque font face. And then the front would have like the city that either the pop-up shop was in or like the actual like tour stopped. And even though he like started his tour in Indianapolis, we never saw like any Indianapolis like exclusive merchandise, which yeah. I thought was interesting. And I thought was also kind of bullshit, right? Like obviously sure. you're playing, obviously you're playing to like the large city demographics when you, you start your concert somewhere and you don't do any exclusive merchandise for that area. But, you know, I, I, I do have to say, I thought it was cool that he did start his tour in Indianapolis. I thought it was a big uh, shout out for our city. We're definitely growing. But that's I thought that was kind of, yeah, I thought that was kind of bullshit, though. On the topic of those pop up shops, have you ever heard of the designer Ass Pizza? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like this like 18 year old kid, 19 year old kid. And he made fake Pablo merch, essentially. He took a stencil of Pablo and he used red paint, spray paint, and just made a bunch of like 100 shirts and some jeans and stuff, right? And then he would wait in line at the pop-up shops, you know, for those, those people that were waiting in line to get in. Uh, and he would sell off the fake Pablo merch to these people. And that's a really interesting statement because it's like my knockoff merch is even more exclusive than the merch you're waiting hours in line for to buy from this like pop-up shop that's only happening in three cities, right? And that's like a really interesting idea, but also he posted it online and Kanye was like, yeah, dude, that's dope. Like, that's the coolest idea I've seen related to this, which is super interesting that even Kanye thought it was dope. Which I think I think is almost a testament to how little fucks Kanye gives about that whole merch section <laughs> of his like that's of his like true. empire or whatever. In a way, I feel like that's it almost plays to the stigma behind like you're only buying tour merch so that you can flash it off and say you bought tour merch, right? Like you Oh, totally. I feel like half the kids who are rocking these Pablo shirts don't even realize like that. 808s and Heartbreaks was the greatest album of all time. It's just, it, I don't know. It, I think with the coming of Pablo came like the following of like hype beast, fuckboy culture where like it doesn't matter if you've listened to the album. It doesn't matter if you're like an actual fan. You just have Pablo plastered on your back. So you must, you know, you must be cool or like, right? Like you must fuck with it. I, I don't know. I think it's lame. That's the thing that's so confusing to me. It's like, who doesn't listen to Kanye? You know, it's like everyone yeah. listens to Kanye. So who's to say if you are a fan or not in the first place? And then if you're rocking Kanye merch, it's not about repping the artist. It's about repping like streetwear. It's about repping something that makes some statement about where your interest is fashion wise, but it's not about the music at all. You know, it's just yeah, like what you were yeah, saying. it's it, it's almost just like buying something for the brand, right? Like you don't give a shit about the quality, yeah, exactly. right? Exactly. Like, obviously, people don't give a shit about the quality because it was printed on Gildan and it kept selling out. But I also think it's interesting. I know that. I mean, I don't, I don't really support this like as bullshit as like printing on fakes or fakes as bullshit as printing on Gildan is like, there were a lot of like fakes coming up, kind of bouncing off of what you said about like ass pizza and his whole like thing he did with the, with the merch. If you go on like Etsy or whatever, there are hundreds of pages that sell like Pablo merch for like 20 bucks and it looks like damn near identical. Right. Yeah. So it's not about, and so, and that's, that's what I was saying, how, how interesting it is that like four or five years ago, you could only get merch at the actual tour and now like you can go on fucking etsy and buy all this shit for like 100 bucks which is well i mean that's ridiculous. the same with, that's the same with like every streetwear brand for the most part Any, yeah, anyone I mean, that does I mean, anything that's, exclusive we'll always yeah we'll always kind of build up that like fake hype following whatever but i guess it's just interesting that like it got so big that people started faking this shit and that like obviously people are buying it right because like these etsy shops keep making this shit and like you'll go on fucking grailed and like you'll see some of these shirts going for like two, three hundred dollars. And like in the comments, people will start being like, oh, this is fake or like send me pictures of like the tags. Like, dude, it's a fucking Gildan tag. It's not like it's high quality. It's not like you're really getting robbed. Right. Like, right. So I don't know. I think that's that whole thing is interesting. I did like 
and that was the one reason that I fucked with the Justin Bieber purpose tour merch a little more than I did the Kanye because although like some of that shit was really stupid like the staff and like security sweatshirts I thought it was cool that JB kind of linked up with Jerry Lorenzo of Fear of God and had him kind of like do a specific kind of like design creative director role for, sure. for that merch it was a, it was just a a different idea behind making pretty basic tour merch and just printing on shit and selling it like you had somebody who has a, a relatively like a reasonable amount of clout within the industry kind of behind your merchandise and i think some of those pieces are cool but that's where kind of like the merch itself doesn't represent the music right like none of that justin bieber merch has sure. anything it does and then i don't know even like the typeface it's kind of like grunge like post-rock it's got this weird like angular it's super kind of metal super thing. metal yeah yeah it's super metal yeah and obviously like that's the jerry influence coming through but like justin bieber is not metal right and like that album was not very like r&b <laughs> yeah and so that album's like very r&b electronic music influenced and so i it was kind of like yeah like that merch is cool but like it, it doesn't it doesn't represent like the music that it's like you know that it's like carrying right that's like plastered right. on the back so i don't know i thought that was that was weird but i thought that whole camp made a better effort at like making merch than kanye did for sure and then you have like the smaller i think the smaller ones are doing it the best like i thought travis scott's merch was really dope i know that was i yeah, know there was a sure. bunch of bullshit i thought there was a bunch of bullshit around that about like you know he's printing on gildan too and it takes like a month and a half to ship or whatever but like his actually was like pretty cool. He had some really nice designs. It, it it kind of had it shared a lot of similarities that like the the sound of the music and like the vibe of the album brought. It, you know, just kind of like tattered names of the album or whatever, some eagle prints, things like that. You know, the the whole album was Birds in the Trap sing McKnight. And so I thought that was a better effort at connecting the music with the merch. And then I don't know, I'm a big I'm a big post Malone fan, but I saw his online merch. I know I didn't I didn't get the chance to go to his tour. But uh, his online merch was dope. It was really interesting. It had like a nice like '90s rap kind of vibe to it, with the uh, like large flames coming up, um, huge like <laughs> prints of like his face or some like ridiculous picture of him. Like I, I thought that was I thought that was cool. And obviously, like I would prefer to like rock lesser known artists merch rather than like some big name because like with, I don't know with that it's like you're going out of your way to wear that type of shit. Whereas like nowadays you can just buy that. I mean. I'm pretty sure I saw the fucking Justin Bieber merch at like H and M, right? Like, which yeah. is kind of whack. Like, if that's, I mean, if that's where you can buy the tour merch, can you even really call it tour merch at that point? No. <laughs> yeah, no. exactly. Right. It's just like, like it's, if you wear almost... a staff jacket, does that make you part of the staff? No, no. Absolutely <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. not. Like, you're not security. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, get out of here. But I don't know. I think it's just the the rap culture and all that. I think we're. I think rap, hip hop, like um, pop culture. I think that whole wave is is making better efforts towards like quote-unquote tour merch uh but we definitely have a, a far way to come and obviously like punk rock and and bands have have the the leg up on on that so i'll let you kind of discuss all that because yeah, i don't know sure. jack shit about band <laughs> so uh yeah i think it's really interesting that rap artists and hip-hop artists are kind of taking a cue from punk bands although i don't think it's that interesting because in many ways They've emulated underground like punk and hardcore scene in yeah, like, a lot like of the ways. Rock, yeah, like the rock star culture. Right, exactly. With, you know, rock and roll looks and with, quote, dad hats and the oversized tees. And uh, there's just a lot of overlap in these two cultures these days that I don't think existed, especially in like the early 2000s, which oh, is interesting. No. Yeah, right. And that's really interesting the way that those those cultures have have aligned. And so what I was going to talk about is just two recent releases um, that I thought people would like, um, which are from the bands Balance and Composure and Citizen, pretty hard rocking bands. Citizen's definitely like more emo revival kind of post-hardcore thing and Balance and Composure is kind of coming out of pop punk and into like kind of Circus Survive era post-hardcore, which I don't know if many of you will know that, but that's whatever. Uh, regardless. So there's a lot of overlap in these cultures, and that's super interesting. Um, and if you look at the latest Citizen drop and the latest Balance and Composure drop, you see a lot of similarities there between the merch that these bands are putting out and what Urban Outfitters is manufacturing or what fast fashion brands are really trying to emulate, obviously in a non-authentic way. So in the first episode when we were talking about 
what to shop for at Urban Outfitters. This is kind of what I was talking about. And when it comes to long sleeve tees with words down the sides or uh, graphic tees or whatever, bands are the place to get that stuff because it's the most interesting, right? So when you go to a show and you're talking to the band at the merch table in the back, there's like this whole interaction there and personality to to the merch that doesn't happen when you just buy merch in a store. And I think that's a super important part of the whole thing. When I was younger, we'd go to like a show and then we'd buy the shirts and we'd trade them eventually. And I still do that a lot. And that's where that kind of culture comes from. And, and it's weird how like rap and hip hop are trying to emulate that, but in this way that's like super manufactured and super fast fashion-esque um, because yeah. you know like like these diy bands that make these this merch they print on gildan because gildan's cheap like they're not printing on gildan because that's the highest quality or the only place you can print they print on it because it's cheap and because american apparel has filed for bankruptcy twice you know a lot of like one of my favorite uh record labels polyvinyl they're out of chicago if you know the bands like starfucker and of montreal american football bands like that they're all on polyvinyl and they used american apparel merch for a long time because american apparel was like the top wholesale brand for t-shirts gildan just bought them because gildan's been in vogue these days and american apparel obviously has had a lot of trouble in the last few years but yeah like i was saying they're printing on gildan because gildan's cheap and they're because they have to finance their own tour and their own band. And, and merch is really how they get from one city to another. And so there's this whole connection with the band in that way that you don't, just don't have necessarily with rap and hip hop. Although I, w- I should say, you know, in, in an age when streaming music and, you know, illegally downloading music, whatever you're doing to, to listen or even listening on YouTube, artists aren't making money off of their music. They're making money on their tours and they're making money on their merch. So it makes a lot of sense that they're, getting into merch culture for sure because that's how artists are going to make money these days and merch is more popular than ever but at the same time i wish they would do it with a little more authenticity to it but i think yeah you know something to say for that is like kanye has different merch in his pop-up shops than he does at his shows you know and i think that's an important important thing for him to do i don't really know how he would do it other than that in like a more authentic way i think that's a good move I think um, it's just I I was just kind of, I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot some input in here real quick because you were talking about Gildan and and you know printing on American Air Apparel and how these kind of rock bands that obviously don't have huge sums of money and and huge labels behind them are printing on Gildan because it's cheap. I feel like that's that's so it makes the rap culture and the rap world look very sad because it's like if these small like self funded rock bands are printing on Gildan. And like, why the fuck is like Kanye West printing on Gildan, right? Exactly. I think it would be interesting to see because, I mean, these people are charging like 50, 60, $70 for a Gildan t-shirt with some print on it. So I think it'd be interesting to see like, what if Bieber decided like, instead of printing on cheap shit with like Jerry's designs, what if he like actually did Jerry's quality of clothing? Or like, what if that, what if like these artists, these huge artists used higher quality blanks? Right. Like, do you think right. that people exactly. would still do you think people like obviously I think the real fans would still buy that shit. I think a lot of like the fake fans and the in the kind of like hype beast fuck boy, like that whole crowd, I think they would like drop off the face of the earth. Right. Because if you're paying $70 for a piece of shit shirt, then when you up the quality of the shirt, like that makes me as like someone who like cares about quality more inclined to buy it but it's also going to increase the price. And so like, I think it'd be interesting to see like how much people are willing to pay for not just like the brand, but also like the quality, because at the end of the day, like if you're shelling out this much for like Gildan, are you really going to shell out how much it would be if it was printed on, you know, like, I mean, this would never happen, but like hypothetically, like a Sunspell shirt, right? Like Sunspell blanks alone are like 50 bucks. So you throw a brand, you know, you throw like a tour name on that and like an artist name on that. And you charge 150. It seems outrageous, but I feel like a lot of the people that are buying all this Gildan shit would not buy that, which I find well, I so think, interesting. Yeah, I think you make an interesting point there. But what I would say is, I don't think the the choice for Gildan is about money, and and I think that's evidenced by the just ridiculous markups you see at these pop up shops from Kanye or from anybody. There's 
just enormous markup on these Gildan products that they print on. They chose Gildan to look more like authentic band merch. I think that's why they're on Gildan, not because it's cheaper, but because it looks more like an authentic look. And I think that's the big reason that they're kind of emulating you know those styles but the markup is to say is to to make it more exclusive than like a band would you know what i'm saying like because yeah i think it's such a huge like fuck you to the fans though right for example like i'm on citizens merch page right and you want to get a t-shirt printed on gildan it's 18 dollars you want to get like like that's a short sleeve t-shirt you want to get a hoodie it's 35 dollars they even have a custom like printed rothko bomber right 75 bucks you know it's like very affordable and very accessible because that's the only way they're gonna sell you know shirts and stuff and they need the merch to to continue to travel and and tour and all that but when it comes to when it comes to these huge artists printing on gildan to look like these smaller honestly poorer bands but then they yeah. mark it way up because part of the culture, you know, in, in rap and hip hop, and this is like, I still listen to rap and hip hop. I still listen to like a lot of these artists. I'm like, I'm not, this is not a huge criticism, but it's just a lot of that world is based on status and like, you know, oh, like for sure. You status tr- quo, money, wealth. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's always, right, yeah, it's yeah, always yeah. been about that. Yeah. And yeah, so- for sure. And so that's why they mark it up. And that's why exclusivity with these products is so important to them. Whereas smaller bands, like you don't have the option to be exclusive because you just need money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think, I think it's, I want to, I want to kind of jump off that real quick because when you say that they're printing on Gildan because it's, it's almost like trying to appeal, trying to like emulate that kind of rock punk kind of cheap um you know coming up authenticity i think it's so interesting because i i would go as far as to say that anti-social social club and neek lurk as much as people hate them and that whole company and i cannot argue because i own something from them but like i think that was like the first brand that really did that and publicly acknowledged it and basically just said we don't give a shit right yeah, exactly like, i like the logo i like the i like the font that they use and i think i wouldn't say i would it's not like revolutionary or anything but i think they have some dope pieces right but when they print just a name on the back of a sweatshirt and this was this was really coming up i think because they started dropping shit before kanye started doing the merch and all this gildan shit started to like arise they were printing on gildan blanks and they were charging in their store like 60 70 dollars for like a t-shirt it was like a hundred dollars for a hoodie and then resale prices were like I mean, at, at the peak of their popularity, we're like two, three hundred dollars for like Gildan sweatshirts. And people online on forums were saying like, this is bullshit. Like this guy is just printing on Gildan blanks. Like, what do you have to say for yourself? Like, that's so fucked that you're like charging this amount of money. And basically he was just like, I don't give a shit. Like people are still buying it. Right. right? Like, I, like, why would I spend more money? Like when you get down to like the basic economics of it, like if people are buying like 65 75 shirts that you're paying five dollars to make why the fuck would you spend 15 dollars to make them instead at the end of the day it's really just about business and so when anti-social social club really started to come up after they acknowledged the fact that they were printing on blanks and after they acknowledged the fact that they didn't give a shit i think a lot of popular artists and i think like the people behind their their like tour like the creative directors and whatnot a lot of people behind the tour merch were like oh shit we can do the same thing like if these people are buying this, imagine what they would what they would shell out for if we put Justin Bieber's face on the back of a Gildan shirt. For sure. Right? And so I I don't know. I think it's interesting and and I don't know. I, I like I said I own an anti-social social club jacket. I don't own any tour merch, but you know I paid what I thought was worth the jacket. Um, and obviously you're paying a little bit for the name brand and whatnot. But yeah, you're paying for never- the exclusivity. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I would never go as far as to pay resale prices for some of this Gildan shit because like you can get better products and higher quality products for the exact same price. I mean, so look at, just, look at Vediment's $900 Tupac shirt, like mic drop. There yeah. you go. You know, like yeah. it's, it, it's yeah. terrible. It's yeah. That's almost like a testament to how, how 2016 has been. And I guess that's like a good transition into our second topic of the episode, which is we're going to highlight some trends from 2016. And we're going to talk about our predictions for 2017 trends. And so I don't know if you want to jump off or if you sure. want me to jump yeah, off. I, I mean, was just going to. Well, what I was, was going to say, when I was talking about that wholesale with Gildan, 
and the wholesale yeah. with American Apparel, right? American Apparel filed for bank- bankruptcy twice. Consider them integrated with Gildan at this point. I don't think we're going to be seeing as much American Apparel as we have in the past. And to be honest, they used to be like one of my favorite brands. Their CEO, Dove Charney, has had plenty of issues related to American Apparel. But the thing I was going to say about that is 2017, in terms of trends, Dove Charney is launching a new brand in 2017, right? Los Angeles Apparel. And actually, he's kind of reinventing the t-shirt again in a way that he did when he first started American Apparel, right? So 90s box cut fits were huge, big oversized t-shirts, and actually pretty like rough feeling um, and coarse t-shirts. That's what everybody was wearing, right? And that's what people were making. Even you buy a Hanes t-shirt and you kind of feel that, right? American Apparel, Dove Charney with American Apparel kind of reinvented that look or reinvented t-shirts by saying, you know, let's make something much softer and slim fitting. Um, And so that was American Apparel's big thing, making basics, whether it's t-shirts or pants or whatever, making basics, no logo on it, but softer and slimmer. And now, you know, American Apparel did exceedingly well over the course of like 10, 15 years. Um, and everyone started making very slim fitting, soft feeling shirts. And now with Los Angeles Apparel, he's kind of going back to this like coarser, boxier fit, kind of retro 90s look, which has been obviously in and big. And in terms of basics, like um, that's huge right now. And so I think we'll actually see a lot of merch starting to be printed on Los Angeles Apparel t-shirts um, because you know, their main focus is the wholesale business, which is selling to these bands to, to print on or selling to like antisocial social club brands like that, that buy in bulk from like Gildan or these other companies and then print what they want to on there. You know, that's the wholesale business. And that's what Los Angeles Apparel is going to be doing. And so I think we're actually going to be seeing a lot of really boxy fits, a lot of 90s, like late 90s, especially inspired stuff. And I, and I say that because for a while now, this like uh, nostalgia related to early 90s fashion and culture in general has definitely been a thing. But I think we're actually going to see this year kind of the tackier turn of the century, like 99, 2000 kind of retro futurism that kind of came out of that, you know, like the Neo look with the super long leather trench coat and the super small sunglasses. I think that's really what we're going to see. And, and what's interesting is with you know, those two things, Los Angeles Apparel coming about with Dove Charney and this also like move to 90s retroism. We're going to continue to see a lot more overlap between this hip hop culture, the punk culture. And in fact, that's kind of emulated. There was a track that dropped last week and it was Antonio Williams and Kerry McCoy. And for those of you that don't know, Kerry McCoy is the lead guitar player for this like ultra controversial like death metal band not death metal black metal band um death heaven and antonio williams and carrie mccoy just put out a track which is exactly what i'm talking about and it is literally punk guitar with rapping over top of it which is awesome and dope and you know obviously that's like a socal thing but this is a very different kind of more minimalistic take on that and so I think in 2017, we're going to be seeing a lot of shakeup. Um, and I, I think the dominance of Gildan is going to be challenged a lot. And that's, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Yeah, I think I, I have to agree. I think the boxier fit, I think the coarser fit, I think the whole Neo, like mid 2000s. Uh, I just think silhouettes in general are definitely going to get fairly out there. Um, and which is interesting because that's not my thing. That's never been my thing. Um, and obviously I'm not one to like, walk, like ride the, uh, the trend train all the way. I like to play around with it. And if I see something I fuck with naturally, like I will make my own attempt at it. But yeah, you know, I think it's interesting because I think with like fall winter being the, the start of like 2017, I think it gives brands more time to consider what they're going to do for the rest of the year. Right. Because, because when a lot of brands, when they do their fall winter drop, it's in like November or December. Right. And so that the stuff that they release is carrying over into like the early parts of 2017. So you won't necessarily start seeing changes in silhouettes or uh, colors or anything like that until I would say like March, April, nearing like spring, summer. 
And that's when all the weird shit comes out, to be honest. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's when that's when you see people wearing like three, four sleeve shirts and and like high, like raw edge uh, sweat shorts with like leggings and shit. I thought that was interesting, to say the least. I know <laughs> I, I know Fear of God was was one of the ones that like pushed that. And I don't know if that's that's a look for me, but I, I just think it's interesting because streetwear, I definitely think is it excels during the fall and the winter rather than the spring and the summer. Um, I definitely think spring and summer is still run by menswear and kind of the prep look. Um, uh, I could, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know about that. I think, I think, I don't know. I think, I think a little bit, I guess not in the sense that like it's run by, but I, I feel like there's, I feel like there's almost less room to kind of like work with. Yeah, I mean, obviously, as, it's 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 hotter, so you gotta you yeah, gotta it's wear just hot as fuck, stuff. right? You so can't like, and, and like, yeah, ho- sure. ho- yeah, hoodies, layers, sweaters, like jeans, like all that shit is very popular in streetwear culture. But like, I'm not gonna wear a hoodie and like three layering tees when it's 95 degrees outside, right? No, but honestly, so, if if for me, it's like if I see someone that can finesse in the summer or in the spring, even with super minimal effort or super minimal items. That's even more impressive than in the fall or winter, because in the fall or winter, it's a lot easier to get away with layering and all that stuff, right? But if yeah, you yeah. if you find this like interestingly cut tee and you have maybe like I don't know like shorts, um, black shorts with like long white drawstrings or something like that, you know, there's a lot of different ways you can you can f- finesse or flex in the spring or summer. That's interesting because you have just less room to do stuff right and so like the more you can flex and the more you can develop a unique style in the spring or summer i think the more interesting it is because if you're just like it's very easy to just get away with um just like tea and shorts and like whatever you know yeah yeah and i think i don't know i think personally what i feel is going to be the biggest change come 2017 i'd say yeah, again, nearing nearing this when the spring arises, March, April, I think earth tones are gonna die, to be honest. Really? Um, I'm yeah, I'm a big fan of earth tones. I'd say all my like pretty much all the colors in my closet are earth tones or neutrals. I don't have any bright shit. Like I don't have any neon or like just loud colors like that. And I think I think loud colors are gonna be huge in twenty seventeen because a lot of these like coming up brands, like I said, Nid to Gep um represent clothing is not coming up but they've started to venture into it this tour merch is starting to do it is like i'm seeing a lot of yellows i'm seeing a lot of bright reds like only the blonde um john dropped a crazy like bright red bomber orange like safety orange royal blue like these colors that i don't associate with streetwear because like i didn't get into streetwear until like earth tones were kind of coming up right and so i don't associate those colors with streetwear culture i associate those like bright colors almost in line with like pastels and menswear right and like the (laughs) prep look and so i think it's going to be interesting to see streetwear like these companies that have kind of arisen off of the neutral and the earth tone color wave because it's so easy to work with like a lot of fits right because like you can have four or five earth tones on and it's all tonal because earth tones all match each other right and it's going to be a lot more difficult to wear like two or three different like primary colors because that's just like blinding to the eye but i think a lot of i think a lot of companies have kind of kind of noticed this shift in the bottoms in streetwear and then a lot of people are rocking black denim now and so i think some of these companies are starting to realize like okay like we're we're seeing a lot of neutrals in shoes we're seeing almost exclusively black denim on a lot of people lately it's either black or light blue for the most part and so I think some of these companies are taking a, a, a risk and they're saying, okay, if somebody's wearing like dark gray shoes and a, and a black denim, why don't we give them like a bright orange sweatshirt to wear? Because like, at least then you'll have some color. And I think in some aspects, it kind of looks good. Uh, I don't, I wouldn't say that. Li- <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. I wouldn't say that I'm a fan <laughs> of bright colors just yet. Um, but don't be surprised if you see me catching uh, catching the primary color wave mid twenty seventeen. I might I might venture into that just to see if I like it or not. I've never been a fan of those bright colors, but well, like I said, we'll see. But I definitely I, think that'll be the the if I think if that comes true, then I will expect silhouettes to get a lot funkier 
And like I said, all it takes is for one brand to do that shit. And if it blows up, then everyone is going to follow suit because that's how streetwear is. That's how streetwear has always been. As much as I want to push for uniqueness and originality, <laughs> it's yeah. it's really, I mean, it's at the end of the day, it really is whatever is popular. People kind of just do very small changes to that and they push it out. So if people start wearing legitimate like construction safety vests, vests and like selling that shit, I won't be surprised if like safety vests become a thing. Like <laughs> I really would. Yeah. I, I would not it'll, put it past the, the hype beast culture. It'll be interesting. I, I, okay. So I think I agree with you in, in a couple, in a couple different ways. I think neutrals are going to start getting paired with like accent neons. Right. And so you'll see that. I mean, you see that with the V2, the, the orange stripe. And all yeah, that you're yeah. gonna get neutral neutral tops but with like accent neon and that's what you're gonna see a lot i think and i think really palace does boxy. that really well yeah yeah palace definitely does that already palace does that phenomenally i actually just bought a palace tee and it does have i wouldn't say like neon but it has it has yeah i guess i guess neon it's not it's like, like bright bright is it triferg tee yeah it's a triferg it has palace it's like the word palace making yeah, the yeah, triangle yeah. and it's okay. like pink cyan blue and like i want to say like it's i don't know it's like a weird gold yellow is it from uh, the I'm last drop see, uh it's either from the last drop or two drops ago i know okay. it's a long sleeve tee so i assume it wouldn't be this summer gotcha. um but i don't know i bought it It was a decent price on grilled i bought it just to see what it was like you know if i don't like it i'll just sell it back again but yeah so like i said you know i think you're right i think in the sense that Again, you know, obviously bright colors are going to become, I think they are going to become a thing. It's just what, it's just to how much of a degree, whether it's going to be accents like Palace has been doing and just kind of like small stripes here and there or very little touches, or if it's going to be like full on like bright colors, like road sign type shit. I think honestly, it's, it's going to be like tacky wave to be fully honest with you. I think it's going to be a lot like late eighties, like New York city hip hop culture, right? Where it's primary colors and crazy colors just to flex flex for the sake of flexing right and like yeah tommy hilfiger and ralph Lauren, like super bright red white and blue like those primary color things i think that's all part of it's going to be this reaction to uh, minimalism because minimalism has been huge right so wearing black and white and wearing like very, very simple cut. and yeah. neutral you know it there's there's always this reactionary thing right in the early 2000s or i should say um, like 2007 through like 2010, right? When you would go to a show, you'd see crazy colors and crazy costumes and all these artists were wearing like really outlandish stuff, right? And then from that came, let's wear all black sweatshirts, beanies, leggings, whatever, you know, just like yeah, all black yeah. all the time, always, right? And that was like this reaction to just like outlandishness. But instead for the last like, what is it? Eight, six, six years or so. It's mm -hmm. been only that. And so I think in the coming years, we're going to see a reaction to that and how, how brutal or how like interesting that reaction is culturally. I don't know yet, but I think that's what we're going to start seeing for sure. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I want to throw one thing on top of that. And I used to watch his videos. I stopped for a while, but I know you follow him a lot. Um, Jacob Keller I think with, again, with the whole tacky wave that you're talking about, I think what we're going to see come up huge in 2017 is cropped pants. Oh, I mean, dude. <laughs> okay, so. I mean, I mean, obviously they're like a thing already almost, but like, me, I think they're, they're going to become generally like. Let me, let me get on this. Let me get on this. Cause okay, my, I, 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 I yeah, I'll let you take it over. All day. Okay. So first of all, to the pioneer of crop pants, Jake, uh, Dylan Reader. Dylan Reeder, may you rest in peace. One of the greatest skateboarders of all time. Uh, also one of the most fashionable skateboarders of all time. Rest in peace, 2016. No bueno year for celebrities, but especially Dylan Reeder. May you rest in peace. This guy pioneered kind of the, the, rolled, the rolled look. So having your pants rolled up so as to look cropped, right? Yeah, yeah. Jacob Keller is in a, kind of a different vein, I think. And that is this crop pants in terms of either cutoffs or maybe one roll. Or um, kind of like flood flood pants, parachute pants yeah. type, type yeah. deal, um, which is super interesting. But I think comes from that same wave. But but even matching trousers like that, like crop trousers with a t-shirt, you know. So it's, you have these really nice like wool trousers paired with a t-shirt and a beanie. And furthermore, I don't know if you saw Chinatown Market just did a pop up shop 
with Jacob Keller that he was working on. I follow this guy a lot. He's like a big inspiration for me. But Chinatown Market is doing shirts with like, it's all about doing like fake bootleg. Like the whole idea is that they're emulating this like Chinatown Market bootleg culture, right? And, and yeah. making that like fashionable, right? And so they made like a orange shirt that said Lowe's on the front and like Home Depot on the back and stuff like that. I think like <laughs> tacky, tacky Wave is in already and it's coming. But they were matching that with like really nice, like very expensive wool trousers, right? So it's just yeah, like this yeah. weird, this weird uh, overlap that you're going to start seeing. It's just people pairing stuff that doesn't match or doesn't go together for the sake of just like wearing interesting things. And that's, I think you're going to start seeing like the barriers in these different like preppy versus streetwear versus whatever like little subgenres of fashion or subcultures of fashion you want to talk about you're going to start seeing people pairing stuff that just doesn't go together at all yeah and i think i do li- I, I like that i'd say that i mean again i think if, for people that don't know the the whole crop pan thing comes from skateboard culture um but i Hell think yeah. i think Ke- <laughs> ethan's all over this shit i think <laughs> i think keller brings kind of like a high fashion oh absolutely sense to it i think you know I really like his fits where he's like, again, you said he's wearing a, a basic t-shirt, kind of oversized, kind of boxy fit on top of some really nice trousers that are either cropped or have a huge fold, like a huge roll. Huge. And then like some white, like af- athletic socks and then like some Vans, right? I think. Or Rick's. Ode, <laughs> like it, Rick's yeah, fake or, Converse. Or, or, or Rick's, yeah. And so it's it's an ode to it's an ode to like streetwear. It's an ode to skateboard culture, but it's also leaning more into high fashion for people that do follow high fashion. I remember going on four pins like like in my later years of high school, and I mean this was three four years ago. And in high fashion, like cropped pants were already a thing and have been a oh, thing. Yeah. And so I think we're gonna see cropped pants becoming a very mainstream, general, accepted thing because. I'm just now seeing in Midwest Indiana, which is like four years behind every trend. I'm just now seeing people try and play around with like stacks and like rolling their pants. And so, (laughs) and and so I think, you know, it's obviously this is not the place to gauge that type of wave, but I think you're going to see some very popular people, some influencers, some pop culture icons start to do this whole crop pant thing and i think it's gonna pick up so i'd say my two picks for 2017 trends are uh a changing colors and cropped pants i think those are my my big expectations all right and i'll say i think the the typical release cycle is going to change a lot in 2017 um, in terms of uh spring summer and fall winter and then i also think you're going to see a lot of mismatch stuff and more high fashion, low fashion, like streetwear combinations. And we didn't really yeah. talk about all those, but I figured I might as well match your picks with my own picks. <laughs> and on that note, actually, you want to get into our uh, our weekly picks? Yeah, we got to get into weekly picks real quick. Um, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? How about you go first this time? Okay. Um, so let's see. For my weekly collection... Um, it's actually not necessarily a collection, but I wanted to kind of give a huge shout out to myself for a huge shout out to yourself, a huge (laughs) shout out to myself. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Shout out to all my assholes, by the way. Um, huge shout out to myself because did I not fucking call Ronnie Feig fucking up that ultra boost silhouette and turning it into a mid because sure enough this Friday, actually midnight on Friday, Feig and Adidas launched the Ultra Boost Mid in this crazy wool multicolor prime knit like yarn and it had the mid silhouette and everyone was hyping the shit out of this thing up and it sold out ASAP and I was like holy shit I called this not even like an episode or two ago <laughs> and so hey, I think I'll give you props I, on that and that was and that was the first of its kind that was the first general release Ultra Boost Mid well not even general release but just the first release of an Ultra Boost mid. And so I think that, again, I called that shit, so shout out to me. Um, but that shoe is tight. Shout out to Kith, again, always killing it. Um, be on the lookout for more Ultra Boost mids because I think those are going to come up a lot. And then um, for my Instagram, I have to shout out my man Sam Lin, who's out in the Manchester Ends. For those of you that don't know Sam Lin, he is boys with... John Melchico, who I shouted out his brand, Only the Blind, last episode. 
Sam has a really, I think, I'd say he he rides a nice line between kind of rocking what's trendy while still throwing his own thing on it, right? So with like colorful hoodies, he'll do kind of black denim with black shoes and then like an orange or a yellow hoodie. He also, I think he rocks Hypebeast sneaker shoes really well. I think in a lot of his fits, they're very understated. I don't think they're necessarily the focal point of the fits and the way he dresses kind of brings, I think it doesn't scream, hey, check out my shoes. It almost looks like some of these shoes were made for this kid's fits. Just having perfectly fitting black denim go straight and transition straight into like a black 750 Yeezy rocking the new black uh, Yeezys with black denim. I mean, he's good at rocking neutrals, but he can still throw in that bright orange or that bright yellow. And I think being able to kind of do the all neutral and still maintain your kind of, again, tacky wave, bright color thing. I think that definitely shows a good eye for not only styling, but just a general sense of fashion as well. So uh, yeah, peep his Instagram. It's Sam Lin, S-X-M-L-Y-N-N. Weird. In terms of my picks, the first thing I want to do is give a shout out to my boy Jerv for giving himself a shout out. Hey, props, yeah, for sure. man. Hey, props for, sure. for you, man. Pretty dope. Good call. Props. Shout out. Props. It's lit. Thank you. Pop Thank off. Thank you. Tack wave. Liddy. Anyway, so for my picks this week, uh, obviously, I already talked about balance and composure, but that's my that's my drop of the week for sure. They dropped this, this really cool uh, set of crew neck sweatshirts. They come in black, white, pink colorway. They have an embroidered rose on one sleeve, and they say Midnight Zone in kind of gothic lettering, which matches the color of the sweatshirt, and then have a seam like right down the middle. This is really sweet to see a band getting into like higher end um, kind of streetwear type stuff. And the fact that you can buy like a matching hat to go with it is really is really cool. I would definitely recommend you going to midnightzone.zone, checking those out. Um, and they coincide with the release of the new album. So really good band. Um, support small bands and musicians and get some dope streetwear to match. Um, in terms of my Instagram, this is linked. I mean, obviously, I talked about this before. Again, I'm really bad at keeping these things secret till the end of the episode. But uh, Mike Sherman, <laughs> Chinatown Market, just dropped uh, <laughs> just dropped uh, this new dope reversible uh, reflective bomber for Chinatown Market, right? It's black on one side, and it has the classic rose with thank you, have a nice day in white. And then on the orange side, it's reversible, so you get either black or orange, right? It's got the the typical the Chinatown Market smiley face, all in reflective ink, which is dope. And uh, I think reversible anything that you can get that you can wear in a couple different ways is really dope. It's also like just a really cool brand to to get into for sure because they're doing that whole thing with making fakes essentially of other brands' stuff, but it's like in their own way. And, and they're an actual brand. So it's an interesting concept for brand to go off of. But definitely check them out, Chinatown Market. Mike Sherman on Instagram. Um, the guy started the brand ICNY, IC New York, which he just shut down to start out this new, this new brand. So you can also get some sweet deals from ICNY if you're into like black and white kind of athletic, but also like streetwear type stuff. So yeah, those are my picks for the week. Good shit, good shit. All right, so... We're going to wrap this episode real quick. Um, some social media plugs. Uh, again, remember, guys, we are on iTunes now, so be sure to go over there, subscribe, leave a rating, leave a comment wherever you want to. Uh, SoundCloud is not the only uh, way to listen to the pod. We're also on Google Play, and we have an RSS feed connected to uh, the SoundCloud. So we're posting on Reddit. Um, we're putting links in our bios. So there's a ton of ways to get at us. There's a ton of ways to listen. So again, we're trying to make this as accessible as possible for everybody. Again, the Instagram, Racks and Stacks, R-A-X-A-N-D-S-T-A-X. Uh, I've been busy with finals and shit, but I'm going to get back on that. I'm going to post a lot of pictures. I'm going to start plugging uh, our Instagram pics as well so you guys can kind of see uh, who we're talking about and what influences us. And let's see, the Twitter is, oh God, I need to get on the Twitter. I'm so sorry about that. Um, I've just been so- I've been the ball, so, bro. I know I've been so lacking. Uh, don't hire me to be the social media coordinator ever. Uh, I, I'm, I'm I'm terrible at it. Um, but we do have a we do have a Twitter. It's Racks and Stacks, same as the Instagram. Uh, I'll try and get on that shit because holiday break. Hopefully, I have some free time. And uh, you know yeah, my yeah, own. 
my own Instagram is uh, Jordan Roberts. The A is a V. Again, been crazy busy, so that's been pretty dead. But trying to step up my game here, um, get some fit shots in while I'm chilling over break. So hopefully I can start throwing some of that up there. Uh, Ethan, you want to give your social media plugs, then I'll make a, a quick announcement for the listeners. For sure, I have. I also have an announcement. So. Obviously, follow me on Twitter, Instagram. My uh, my name is E T H A N L A N G Ethan Ling uh, on both of those. So check me out. Uh, send me feedback. The other thing is, I've been making original music for the introductions of every episode, I and mean, I'm really curious as to what people think about that. And obviously, I'm going to continue to do that. But I have an announcement related to that um, that I'll talk about in a future episode, uh, which is cool. So let me know what you think of what you think of the music and. It, if you have any ideas or whatever, I'd love to love to hear them. Also, in terms of the Racks and Stacks website, expect that to launch in the next couple of weeks. And when that launches, we have a really big announcement to make that we will make on the launch of the website to coincide. Yeah. All right. Uh, yes. On the launch of the website, we will, um, again, it's under construction. We'll give you guys some updates on how that's going in future episodes. We have locked down the URL, but we're not going to share it yet. Like I said, there's going to be a huge announcement coming with that. Um, and then for 2017, for our listeners, um, we are super excited. Uh, we have lined up some very big things for 2017. Hey. Um, yeah, 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 no, but for real, um, we have some huge things coming. I will announce those eventually, but let's just say that, that we're going to link up in the ends with some of our boys. And uh, yeah, we're going to have a hell of an episode very, very boys. soon. Yeah, very big boys. So uh, <laughs> yeah, just keep it, keep it posted. Keep it tuned. Keep it locked. I uh, hope everyone has a good holiday. And uh, hey, Merry Christmas, y'all. Yeah. yeah, Merry Christmas. Merry Flexmas. <laughs> Enjoy your holidays. Happy stay holidays. real. Stay true. Happy holidays. Stay real. Stay true. Stay sad. Stay glad. Let's yeah, go. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks, all. Uh, as always, we appreciate you listening. Uh, tune in next time. Take care. Gang, 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 gang.